It's bad ink jam, but not as we know it. This is bad. Welcome to the Bashcast, brought to you by BookieBashing.net, betting at 100.1 and above. This is Bashcast episode number 149, Request the Bet Rehabilitation. It is 5 minutes to 6pm on Sunday the 10th of November 2019, coming up in tonight's Bashcast. Look at the end of the Rugby World Cup. William Hill introduced some new EV into their shops. Tricky calculations they are as well. Uh, and a little update on the golf after the break. We'll do a little poker segment because there's been so much going on in the poker world that I haven't covered it in a while. And sports bet are forced to pay out what would be a palpable bet in the UK. All of that and more coming up tonight on the Bashcast. Got Liverpool City on in the background. Just turn that up. Liverpool 3, City 0. I do want a City goal. Am I going to get one right now as I've turned the volume up? I am not. Aguero couldn't dance through. I want a City goal. And I want one single Liverpool corner for a William Hill offer. Which one? It was one of the thin ones. It was Liverpool to score in both halves and Liverpool to take over one corner in each half. Uh, they just need one corner for that to come in. It was either marginally thin good or marginally thin bad. But the thing is, there wasn't much around today. And bigger picture game, my runner pal stroke Liverpool fan, um, he needs some action, right? And so it's negative EV in the long run, to bet on nothing. Um, he's also a Liverpool fan. And so this was... Uh, even if it was bad, it was like 9 to back and 9.03. We worked out as fair odds. So you're not losing any money in the long run. And it keeps him interested. Not saying he's a frustrating individual. But when there's value that's identified in any team that is playing Liverpool... Uh, he won't place the bet. He won't place the bet if the team is playing Liverpool and the value is there. He won't touch them. He won't bet on them when they're playing Liverpool. And today, Manchester City to score to win the game and both teams to score was the value bet. And I wanted that in a sort of series of trebles on the William Hill coupon. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't place it. He said, "I'll place all the other ones. I'm not placing. I'm not betting on Liverpool to." Liverpool to win. As it is, he's saved me money there because Liverpool are winning 3-0, so City aren't going to win this and BTTS, but still. So, yeah, um, that's okay. These I define these as whiffy bets, which means they're either neutral, EV, or I know that they're slightly bad, but I'm placing them for other reasons than the equity. Normally, you know, keep them happy or, um, uh, you know... 
have a bit of interest in a game. If you're betting at nine to back and fair odds are nine, then you've got interest in the game. You've got skin in the game and you're not losing any money in the long run. So what's the harm? There is no harm. Um, and the weird thing is, and this is just coincidence, uh, if I look back in my last four or five weeks worth of... Um, I hate the word portfolio, it sounds so dumb, but it's what they are. Like, I've got a golf portfolio and whatever portfolio. I need, I need a better word than portfolio, though. It makes me sound like a dick. If I, look, if I look at all of the different ones, these things that are called whiffy, <laughs> whiffy bets, whiffy William Hill great sports offer bets, um, where I kind of suspect that they are slightly negative EV, they're my best amount of profit literally like five grand up in a in a in three or four weeks which you know there's there's no explanation i'm not saying that to be proud of it i'm just saying that i'm just highlighting and i'm going through an extremely weird hot streak on bets that are bad and i don't put a lot of them up on the side because i don't put anything up on the side unless it's positive EV or close to positive EV and then gets boosted and yada 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 so haven't done a bash cast in probably this has been a really long period in between doing bash casts and this one may be short and look here's hands up right this is probably a time where there's not going to be many or there's going to be one every month I have a one year old son Uh, okay, he's the same one-year-old son I always had, so except for when he was zero. So that's not the major surprise here as Liverpool go forward. And that is a corner. Thank you very much. That pays for laser eye surgery for me in Prague in two weeks. That single corner. Get in. Now I want another three corners, and I can't remember why. It's possibly three corners now. And, uh... And a three corners and another goal in the game. For 33 to 1, request a bet to come in. And Sky, that's what I want. Okay, we can do that. They need to be Liverpool corners. So that's asking quite a lot, isn't it? Um, so he is one years old. And I have another child. I've got a daughter. And she was nothing like Ewan is when she was one. Uh, he cries all through the night. All the way through the night. And what that does, like, you see these your friends that have some kids and you're like, what's the problem? Just go to the pub. Life goes on as normal. And that's what it was like with my first, with Sasha. And then you have a child that never sleeps his entire life and cries a lot. And you're like, oh, that's what happens. Your energy is sapped. My energy is completely sapped all the time. I'm tired. Um, and I, I'm, I'm tired and I'm not focused right? I've only got a, a certain amount of focus and one of the things that had to slightly go in the back burner was the bash cast. It won't be forever when I start getting more sleep through the night and I'm not getting up at two o'clock in the morning to cradle him and rock him back to sleep and make him stop crying and then get back up at three and then get back up at four and then get back up at five. I mean, it's not just me that does it. Of course, gender does it as well. But you get my drift. It's like, then I'll have more energy and then we'll be able to do these more regularly. I think the last time I had so much time off the bash cast, it was when... Um, and I had those massive stomach problems and I had to go to hospital for ages and that sucked the life out of me. This is a different sucking the life out of me. I'm just knackered. That's all it is. I'm not serious. I'm just tired. And then my son cries. Oh, I've got to say that. What is it? We have these glove puppets which we kept from... Um, I went on a first date with my wife 
over a decade ago and I brought with me these animal glove puppets on the first date to sort of hide the fact that I've got absolutely no bumps. And one's a crocodile and one's a shark. And so we have them in the living room and we have these beams because it's like an 18th century cottage in the house. And we put the glove puppet on the beams. I was looking at it the other day. It's, it's crocky and Shakira. And I was like, oh, you've never met Shakira before, who's a cute blue shark hand puppet. So I got him, got him down and put him behind my back. And then I went up to you and I went, mate, have a look at this. And I brought the, the hand puppet round. You've never seen anyone lose their shit more than he lost it when he saw the shark. I mean, he he went off. He he was hyperventilating. I mean, it was it was it was a, it was the funniest thing and the worst thing that has ever happened. And it took honestly, it took about twenty minutes to calm him down after he saw the shock. And then I kind of found it half funny, so I showed him the shock again today. And I'm never doing it again because he went off again. But this is the kind of thing. It's like that, that's how much attention he needs, and he's crying just now in the background. Fortunately, someone's with him. Um, but um, that is a. Pretty much the only reason why the bash casts aren't so regular just now. So it's a, I sort of apologise. It's, it's kind of nice the couple of people that I got in touch and said, have they ended? Where are they? And I'm just going to put my hands up now at the beginning of this one and say they're not going to be very regular until we can get into some sort of pattern where I can sleep for more than 18 seconds at a time during the evening. Um... I'm not going to do too much golf this week because I, it's turned into the golf bash cast, the golf cast, and I didn't want that. Um, talk about it too much. Also, I've deliberately been results orientated. We've had four recommended bets losing weeks in a row, which is fine. Totally within variance, absolutely within variance. But um, so I'm just not going to talk about it big. Um, my half year stage is up though. We peaked from a one thousand pound starting balance at four thousand three hundred sixteen pounds. We've had four losing weeks since that peak in week twenty two, uh, albeit we lost three whole pounds this week. You know, so it's pretty much, that's pretty much. It's technically nothing really. There have been a few winners I've been on that I haven't mentioned, but I'm really only focusing on the recommended bets because they're picked up front and. Um, they're transparent and auditable as opposed to if I just say every single place. So, but I'm, people are on winners and Schwab, a couple of people were on him and they say they are. He, he was on the tracker, but I wasn't and um, he wasn't on the recommended bet either. Week 24, I think, or maybe 25, um, Brian Gay. We were on hit Brian Gay and he very nearly won the Bermuda Championship. He was right up there on the last day, uh, drifted away by a couple of shots, didn't get it. I was kind of a little bit happy about that because what was I going to do for music? For It was probably going to be something like Brian May, but then that's a little bit tenuous and the link wouldn't have come across and then people may have got the wrong idea with me putting Queen up and I would have got in trouble. I almost certainly would have got in trouble. I think that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm glad he didn't win. And today, what an end to the um, Turkish Airlines, right? How many times have there ever been a six-player playoff at the end? It looked for all the world like Schwab was going to win this. Um he was, he, I think, at 1.4 shots ahead or something like that. But, um, yeah, and it was a course where birdies and eagles, I mean, the 18th seemed like the easiest hole in the world. Never seen so many eagles on this golf course in, in Antalya. Um, but uh, somehow six players got to 20 under. Um, you know, that's, sort of a, that's kind of amazing. I, I've, I haven't heard of that before. And I was on two of those six 
Victor Perez, the Giant, and Eric Van Ruyen um, at 35-ish to 1, um, the two of them. So I'm in a six-player playoff. I've got two people, but I've got a 100% record at playoffs this season, so I've definitely won, right? Well, Van Ruyen was the one of the six that put his drive straight into the the bush, took a drop shot, and that was... I mean, he, he was over immediately from his drive. Victor Perez um, as well. Um, he missed the fairway, and uh, he ended up making a par on the on the playoff, which wasn't good enough on that hole. Um, Kurt Kitayama, who has been right up there for a number of weeks, and he's going to be one to look out for. Kurt Kitayama, um, Romain Langasque. These are the guys that we should be looking out for. Matthias Schwab, is, he's really young. He's got, you know, um, even Victor Perez, who's had an excellent season. These are the guys that we should be looking out for in the majors because... Everybody, the world and his wife, is going to be betting on uh, McElroy and um, DJ, Justin Rose, um, Tiger Woods, the usual suspects, and they won't be value. Um, and these guys that we're following week in, week out, and getting used to these names, Kurt Kateyama, he's been right up there. Matej Schwab, he's, he's had a hell of a season. This is Tyrell Hatton, who was in the playoffs f um, first challenge. Um, Victor Perez, I mean, how many people are going to be betting on Shubanka Sharma? Well, you know, I've seen him on the tracker a number of times. I've seen him with top 10 finishes. Um, Guido Migliozzi was ten again. These guys are going to be hundred to one plus for all the um, for all the majors next year, and they're going to be value. And I'm almost certainly going to be on multiple ones. Um, they're going to be in the track. I can sort of predict that now. So um, that's the half year up. Anyway, um, I'm sort of toying with the idea again of just having a few weeks off for the Christmas break, just so that I don't have to be in the routine of publishing and managing the golf tracker. Um, but we'll see. I can I also I'm sort of I swing between deciding I'm going to do that and not do that because I enjoy it so much as well. So we'll definitely see. The Rugby World Cup finished. Um, I went to Portugal when the Portugal Masters was um, on in Valhuna. I was over there. We went for lunch there on one of the days it was on, on the off chance that I might get a little break to go up and see it. It never really worked out. I mean, they tell you to put your mobile phones away. I don't know what they would say if you stood and everyone's silent on the first tee and Ewan is there and I've got Crocky or Shakira in my other pocket and I just whip him out as somebody's on a backswing when I, when I want them to duff their drive. So we didn't end up um, going to see the golf, but we were in the place at the time. My daughter, by the way, three years old, got a hole in one in a par three. It was a par three. It was the hole after the windmill and it, there was, it was a steep gradient up with a dog leg right, but there was a massive sort of out-of-bounds block area um, on the natural route to the hole. So the best decision was to go at a 90 degree to the left angle to the hole and rebound the ball off the wall. And it went off the wall over the bridge of the hill, hit the back wall, and then dropped into the hole. The first ace uh, of many for my daughter over her career. I'm telling you that now. Um, and when we were out there, it was England versus New Zealand um, in the rugby. That was just nuts, right? I didn't see 
because it was on holiday, I didn't see too much value around for the semi-finals. I know I saw, off the top of my head, England to win by 10 points or more was boosted to possibly, I'm thinking, 8-1 to one or something like that, and they won by 12 points. And all the rest of the money was on New Zealand. Everyone thought, I saw a tweet by someone who put the, very lazily put the two lineups side by side next to each other and just said, is there one of these... Um, uh, Englishmen that would even get into the New Zealand squad. They won 19-7. I mean, it's such an easy throwaway thing to say that the New, the New Zealanders, the All Blacks, are a dominating force, a dominating team. Really enjoyed that. Um, it was a shame that Wales couldn't get past South Africa, but we had two tips on the Bashcast, two Bashcasts ago, from professional rugby fan James uh, he said uh, Christian Colby to be the top try scorer in the tournament um, and England to uh, sorry South Africa to win in the final so with the Christian Colby bet um, it was Mapimpi that ended up getting um, the majority of the tries for South Africa he got six two against Namibia one against Italy a couple against Japan and against England um, Kobe didn't end up he only got three he was injured for many of the games so what are you going to do about that it could easily have been Kobe instead of Mapimpi and at the price that we were on at 14 to 1 I actually think it was actually a very decent bet uh, he also finished in tied 7th position and someone so who was 7 places I know Betfair Sportsbook and Paddy were and I think Boyles were but that's off the top of my head and somebody paid out in full instead of um, dead heats for all 7 places so um, you know if it was 1 to 5 odds which it probably was that would have been a 2 to 1 payout that would have been a little bit of profit there for Christian Colby considering he didn't play for a lot of games very very decent indeed getting on him um Kotaro Matushima was fifth nobody would have uh, sorry was third with five tries who would have been on him and Josh Adams there's a I mean it's obvious now but I think the word optimistic would have sprung to mind had um anyone suggested getting on Josh Adams um but it's because he got one against Georgia didn't score against Australia three against Fiji and there you go that's what won it for him but then Wales got all the way to the semi-finals and en route the yeah one against Uruguay didn't score against France did score against the powerhouses of South Africa and New Zealand so he had a marvelous tournament Josh Adams and um the third bet actually we had in the bashcast was um New Zealand South Africa final so two out of three bets one would have paid a place for profit. I got I was on New Zealand at nine to two on the exchanges, so um, that was just out and out profit. And um, it was not a New Zealand South Africa um, final. There was also various others. Got my ass handed to me by William Hill, who boosted loads of Rugby World Cup bets, final bets, into value the day before on the Friday, presumably because the final was so early the next day, and none of them came in. Um, they boosted there to be over 2,700 points in the Rugby World Cup, which I shouldn't have taken because of the hurricane. I really, I kind of got tempted into it, and it was a, it was a duffo bet from the minute. I think the minute I placed it, I just thought that's one of the worst bets I've placed this year. I really shouldn't have. I should have been more disciplined in that one and said no. Um, all I needed was 593 points from the final for that one to come in. Um, didn't quite get it. 32-12. South Africa 
credit to them in the final. They weren't as boring as the semi-final. So good work for them. It was a great World Cup. So William Hill have been smashing it recently. I mean, unless you're a William Hill shareholder, <laughs> right? But they have... Um, they, they cleaned up on the rugby. Okay, fair enough. They had the one rugby bet, which I still haven't made up my mind whether to contest or not. It was the one I think we talked about last time is as a penalty try, converted try. I've left that I've left that one open whilst I figure out if I can be bothered to contest it. It wasn't the biggest bet I ever had in my entire life. And um, so I'm sort of tempted just to torture and evaporate it as admin costs. We'll see. And what was the other one? There was another one that William Hill did recently where I could have contested. Oh, they said, they said something like over, over 28 goals in the first half of these 18 games in these leagues. The problem is there was 20 games in this, these leagues. You could bet until 7.30. You look at the 7.30 or later games in those leagues and there were 20 games. So they were saying there were 18 games. It, I, I sort of knew well, that, has, that has to be the reason why this is mega value. But it did say you can bet. And then when you get the printed slip, it then has more detail on the printed slip. It's kind of like... It tells you exactly which games. I've said this before, William Hill. You should say exactly which games on the bet slip. And now they have. And now my issue is, okay, but I needed to bet on it to get the bet slip to know exactly what the games were. And also, I didn't see the small print until we left shop. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do here. Technically, it's a crap bet now. We've got a lot of money on it. And so I think we won. I don't know. It was a lot of money. And there, so I think... Um, I was very tempted to challenge it because at the very least, I think I should get my money back. I wanted my money back as well. I just wanted to avoid it. I didn't want to play the bet, but I let it go and it lost. And it, it, annoyingly, it would have won if it was the original bet, but it lost without two games, which I did not know. I could not know were not included. And, you know, it's a bit of money I'm just leaving on there on the table. I might get a lawyer to deal with all, all this with me. Anyway, they've introduced two different kinds of bets recently. Um, a couple of weeks ago, they just snuck in randomly. Out of nowhere, they said, uh, any Scottish team to score, aw any away Scottish team to score in the first 10 minutes... I'll read you the exact bet. A home goal and an away goal in the first 10 minutes of any of today's six Scottish Premiership games, right? So I instantly read this as a goal, you know, 1-0 in one game and 0-1 in another game means that there's been a home goal and an away goal in any of the matches, and so that would win. And it was priced up at 5-1, to one, and... And I had to create a model to work this out, and it was really annoying. I had to, first of all, figure out how many goals are predicted. Or, uh, what, what's the XG for every home and away first half? Because that's what we can find easily. And then how many goals are scored in the first 10 minutes of the first half, which we found out was, I think, 20 point something percent. So we used that for the first 10 minutes. And so now we know the we can work out the 
we can use Poisson, which is a little bit, it's a little bit inaccurate for goals. It ha there is under disposition um, in the fact that the goals are slightly related to each other. When you have no goals, you're more likely to have no goals. And when you have goals, you're more likely to have goals. They're not completely independent. But forgiving that for now, because I just wanted to see what ballpark we were in, using Poisson, you get a probability of each home team and away team scoring in the first 10 minutes. And then you can either use a non-mutually exclusive calculator or uh, an X winners and Y bets calculator to see if any of those will win. And we came out with a huge bet. Yeah, just massive. Like six to back and two and a half to fair odds. So I was like, okay, brilliant. There, I mean, there might be something wrong with the model. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to mention it, but not put it up in the tracker because I don't like the fact that it's so huge. And also there's some ambiguity in the in the way that the bet is phrased. Someone said a home goal and an away goal in the first 10 minutes in, a, in any of the matches means it needs to be one all by 10 minutes. And then you read it again, you're like, yeah, it could mean that. And also that would make more sense because then it would be six to back and 10 fair odds, which is closer to what the standard equity is in, the, in today's great sports offers. It didn't come in, so we forgot about it. And really, that was very lazy. This tendency to focus on value when things come in and not focus when they don't come in is wrong. Um, so, um, it's like um, one of my pals wanted to go and place a really big bet the other day and didn't, and it didn't come in. And he was saying he was happy that it didn't come in. I was like, don't be happy that it didn't come in. Be happy that the opportunity exists. All you want is the opportunity exists. You, you should be more worried that the opportunity is going to go away than the bet didn't come in when you weren't on it, right? Uh, it's way too short-term results-orientated and focused to be caring about whether they come in or not. But regardless, I'm guilty of it as anyone else. I, I didn't focus on it because it was a one-off and it didn't come in. And next day, they do it again. And it was on the Champions League, or maybe two days later, it was on the Champions League. And again, it was home goal and away goal in the first 10 minutes of any 8pm Champions League matches. Seven, six to one, seven, they had it up as... We made it 3.3 .3 and then they boosted it to 8 to 1. It was crazy. So I tweeted William Hill. Um, sorry, uh, a little break in the bashcast there as I went to deal with a small child who thought it was literally the end of the world. And I'm not good enough at editing or I can't be bothered to edit it to make it look seamless. So it's just a mess. What did I tweet, William Hill? I tweeted, well, I tweeted the world. I said, um, how do you interpret this bet? Because nobody I've spoken to can agree, said at Tom Brownlee on the 5th of November. Give him a follow. Photos below. Um, at William Hill, could you chime in with some feedback, please? So I've invited William Hill to give feedback on the definition of a home goal and an away goal in any in the first 10 minutes of any of tonight's 8pm Champions League games. 6-1. to one. And I put a poll up. Does this win if any game is 1-1 one, one at 10 minutes? Or does it win if any two games are 0-1 and 1-0 by 10 minutes? And there were some interesting answers. Um, something I found interesting is that a couple of people were making logical decisions on the definition of the text based on the price. So at that price, it has to mean this. And you're like, well, I don't think so. I don't think 
you can bring the price into play. I mean, maybe if it was, you know, you will win the lottery tonight, you're guaranteed to win something. You know you're not going to win a million pounds for a pound. But even then, there's a a problem with the mess of the definition of the structure of the text. And it would be so easy for this ambiguity to go away. Just phrase it correctly. That's all you have to do. Just phrase it correctly. Um, the poll finished. Well, William Hill chimed in, incidentally. Let's go into the, the, the bet. William Hill actually replied, and he said, Hi, this would be for both teams to score in the first 10 minutes of any of the 8pm kickoffs. So they're saying it's for 1-1. We asked a shop manager, and he said it was for any two games, nil one and one nil, and they found a shop trader... And the shop tra- uh, sorry, a trader at William Hill. And they said it was nil one and one nil, but still we got nothing in writing. So the trader can say whatever he wants. I think the manager would be on our side and would help get us paid out. But I still don't like it. I'd rather the ambiguity went away and William Hill phrased it correctly. So William Hill have piped in and very confidently said it's for a single game to be BTTS. This is the William Hill Twitter handle who are not in cahoots with either the shop manager or the traders, but are in cahoots with a shop staff member who thought it did mean one game to be BTTS. The whole thing was a mess. I left the the Twitter poll up for four hours. 58% of people thought it could, it meant nil one or one nil. 44% of people thought it meant one one. So in summary, nobody has a bloody clue what the definition of this bet is, which is the problem. Um, However, that Tuesday night that I tweeted William Hill was the start of a beautiful week. It really was. Um, Let me go to my records. What day was um, that? It was around about the 3rd or the 4th, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, so that bet that was 7 to back in 3.6 fair odds, that came in in the first 10 minutes. And then... The following day, a home goal and an away goal in the first 10 minutes of another six matches in the Champions League. That was six to back and 3.7 would have been fair odds. That one came in. Um, And then we go over to uh, Europa. No, it was the Dutch League on Friday night where we have fewer games, right? But... um, Sorry, we have fewer minutes. It was six minutes, but we have more games. There were ten games. And also it's the Dutch Erster. They love a goal in the Dutch Erster. And that was six to back. Five would have been fair odds. And that one came in as well. So it came in at five to one. At eight to one was the boost price on the first day. But the normal price was six to one. And and five to one as well. And all three of them came in. And the calculation is wrong. They've just got it wrong. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm confident that we're right on this. This is a new bet from William Hill. And however they're working it out, there's a little gremlin in their algorithm and they'll fix it. The, 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 this, this is the way it goes. This won't last forever. This won't even last for two more weeks. They'll, they'll realise they're hemorrhaging cash on this. I mean, they shouldn't have three winners out of three at those prices. That's a, if their prices were fair... That's like what eight? That's like a three hundred to one coming in right at the beginning. Um, that treble of those three. Oh, and then the ch- no, I'm not even finished. I forgot because I haven't updated my records from yesterday. 
Though it was um, a home goal and an away goal in the first six minutes of the 10 championship games yesterday, um, which was priced up at four to one. And again, I made it less than four fair odds. Um, and we did have to wait until the fifth minute for the home goal. And then there was an away goal that wasn't given. I was celebrating, shouldn't have been celebrating, celebrating too quickly. Um, that's always a bad idea to follow the little red dot and flash scores because of the corrections that come along afterwards and you're just shooting yourself in the foot. But then there was a goal, it was Middlesbrough, uh, I think. Difficult to celebrate Middlesbrough, I'm not going to lie. But that made it four out of four. Four out of four of them came in. And now the quadruple of those four in a row coming into 1,000 to one, if they were correct, which they're not. They're doing it wrong. Um, so God bless them. God bless them and their inability to price something up correctly. It's so dumb. It's like someone as big as William Hill. I'm not going to complain, though. Then they introduced another new one. For the love of, what was this one? This was a goal, a card, and a corner in every 30 minutes of the match. And they've had this a couple of times last week as well. This one I don't think has come in. Again, I'm making it sort of crazy EV. Um, so here's my, here's my rationale for this. I've got a new calculator somewhere. Excuse the clicking. I need to get a silent mouse for the bash cast. I've thought this for ages. Oh, it was not irritating. It irritates me. So uh, I've got, I, so to do this, I have expected go, uh, goals, corners and cards for full time, for half time. Don't have it for 0 to 30, 30 to 60 and 60 to 90. You would think that there is definitely some skew because injury time at the end of 30 to 60 and 60 to 90 makes those periods longer. And there's like a lot of injury time at the end of 60 to 90 now that we have VAR in the Premiership, right? So... Um, also, there's just generally is more cards in the second half than the first half. Sometimes two times as many cards in the second half as the first half. So my splits for, for goals are relatively easy. I'm confident on those. 40%, 60 to 90, 33%, 30 to 60, and 27%, 0 to 30. Corners, again, sort of, yeah, uh, 40, 33, 27. It's the same split. Cards... 45%, 35%, and 20%. I don't think there are that many cards in the first 30 minutes. Now, that might be a little bit off, but even using those splits, we were getting big EV. We were getting 17 to back, 12 ferrets. And the one weird thing about this is if the splits are wrong, where you have to push something out, you pull something in. So let's say that I am wrong with cards 0 to 30 and um, it's even less than 20% of cards are in the first third of the game. Well, okay, but my overall expected cards doesn't change. So if you're telling me there's less cards in 0 to 30, I'm getting more cards um, either in 30 to 60 or 60 to 90. I have to be, which means that, okay, you're telling me that my splits are wrong. The... The probability of cards in the first third of the game is probably a little bit more than I'm estimating, but that means I'm overestimating the probability elsewhere, so it's okay. It's okay to be a little out with this because the overall is going to be right. Right? You know? So we can, we can be slightly off, is all I'm saying, because of the way that it pulls and it, and, and it pushes. Um, the, the different dynamics of this bet. It's like Newton's cradle. That, you know that cradle device with the, the five balls that sit in strings and then one of the set of balls 
clacks onto one end, the other one clacks from the other end. And if the, if it's, you know, not got a lot of friction in the build of the device, then um, Newton's law of the conservation of momentum suggests that it's going to continue doing this for a very long time, right? Um, much to the delight of executives, miserable executives around the world who it's impossible to buy a secret center present for. So um, um, I'm very confident that, that bet is correct. So these are two new bets from William Hill. Not only that, we've had a bunch of over goals and we've had a bunch of... And, and we sort of needed it, I have to say, because... Um, well, I didn't need it, but November had been a shocker. It was a really weird month, November. November 1st to November 8th. I hate going on losing runs at the beginning of the month because I zero everything out at the end of the month. The, the worst time for a winning run is the end of a month because once we're at the end of the month, I go, right, that's my profit for October and I'm on zero on the first of the next month. And if I then go on a losing run, it's like, oh, for God's sake, I wish I'd gone on a losing run at the end of the previous month because I had loads of money to lose then. I've got zero to lose now and I'm in the red. I was in the red quite significantly. I had no golf profit. I had no William Hill great sports offers off profit. I don't remember the last time that I had a casino offer drop in my lap. Um, I had nothing come in on horses. I had no mugs and I request the bets on the Champions League right uh, last week bit me on the ass. Um, so loads of things just haven't come in and it's been fine because I, I've been collecting loads of EV and loads of equity. And it's one of the reasons why I try my best not to uh, attach too much positive emotion to the winning runs because these losing runs, they're, 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 they can't be annoying because they're inevitable. Does that make sense? Right, so one, I'm playing with house money. Okay, so in the future, when I have a losing run, I am going to lose money that I make between now and then. Does that make sense? So why in the future would I be annoyed about the losing run that I'm going through? I mean, two things. One, how can you do thin value betting without losing runs? It's not possible. So in order to win, you have to have the losing runs. So what then, so why get annoyed by the losing runs? Well, one of the reasons I think I get annoyed and people get annoyed is that they attach so much positive emotion to winning runs, okay? So one of the reasons why I, I have a rule, and I don't have that many rules, but you can't boom on the site, right? It's hard enough. I don't, I don't know how the losing Twitterati, the tipsters, the assholes, get through the losing runs when they're losing players, which is what they are. The overwhelming majority of them are. And then they pick an 8-13 to 13 winner and they boom. It's like, well, okay. So like I, we are betting professionally. We understand how bad the losing runs can be. And if I boom when I'm on a winning run and celebrate it and attach too much positive emotion to it, I'm naturally going to have negative emotion during the losing runs. And I cannot not have losing runs and Damn it, did I have a losing run at the beginning of um, November that was quite... It was relatively severe. I, mean, I was starting to just look at it, which I don't normally do. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always... I'm, I'm comfortably within my staking levels, but I'm just like, okay, this is now... This is now digging a little bit of a hole to get out of. And then over... As soon as I thought that, in a period of about three days, I, I dug myself out of the hole, which is the crazy thing about it. Um... Um, and now everything is fine and life goes on as normal. But it is um, it is the reason why um, it's the reason why 
you know, I try and make fun, make light entertainment of things on this. And I think when I'm out with a group, especially a group that I'm sharing bets with, it is fun to celebrate something coming in and clink glasses and down have a beer or whatever. But I think really what really when I'm on my own and I'm sort of look following the results of the day, sort of a slight raised eyebrow perhaps when something comes in, a little wink at the television and then go on to the next thing. Try not to focus on it too much. Did I have anything else in the first half? Uh, no. <laughs> A mess. What a disorganised mess. Okay, guys. You are listening to the Bashcast. And it's brought to you by BookieBashing.net.
and welcome back to the Bashcast. That's Run the Wild Flowers by Friendly Fires from the 2019 album of the same name. It's an absolute stonker. In the bookie bashing news, um, I've been messing around at Sky. Kind of, cause I'm limited to an amount that is insignificant. So, like everybody in the entire world, I got enticed by the big yellow boosts and offers at Skybet. Um, and they can be pretty crazy. They can, they, they really do po- push the marketing boat out, which is why they're one of the largest bookmakers in the country now, and maybe soon to be the world now that they've teamed up with the PokerStars organization. But years ago, I hit too many extra places and took too many price boosts and was limited. So I've been kind of messing around. They don't limit to exactly pennies and everything. On golf, I could get very little, like £50 liability. I'm just uninterested, right? I don't want £10 on a 5 to 1 shot. I need much more than that if I'm going to pay the mortgage, right? Um, on request of bets, I could maybe win. It was kind of weird, but it was between about 150 to 250 pounds. And on enhanced accumulators, I don't mean the massive um, sort of headline Saturday super price boost, which everyone can get a tenner on or so um, if, you, if you're unlimited. I don't mean that because... That's ne- that's so big, it's not huge. But they have this other section on the forum, all football accumulators, and the bot scrapes them. It scrapes that, and it scrapes um, the match odds on both teams to score. The match odds and both teams to score market is very inefficient on the exchanges because it's mostly populated by layers. Because um, people, especially Betfred, um, William Hill... Skybet, they boost uh, match odds on both teams to score. Um, and they offer it on the exchanges, but you'll normally find people laying off those boosts, which means that the price is artificially high. You can work out match odds and both teams to score using other markets, and we did. And we've been hesitant to share the um, equation behind it, and we share a lot of stuff. And it's not through protecting this um, IP isn't through being mean or through being... It's it's for genuine reasons that we think that we could ruin an edge if we open it up. So I wrote a blog maybe a year ago saying that if you went on markets for these big sky... Um, Saturday super price boosts, you could find the enhanced accumulator on markets and you could probably back at 110, 115% EV. Where can you do that in the stocks and shares world? I wrote a blog on it. And then shortly after I wrote a blog on it, and this could have been coincidence, it probably was, but it could have been related, the fact that I was publicizing it. You started to find um, people with tens of thousands of pounds drilling the price right down to one increment above what expected value is. So it was dead. It was completely ruined. You can no longer go on to markets and trade that price. You can still trade some other things. The tennis accumulator, been getting some good prices on that. Um, and to be fair, 
during times where there are steamers, you may still catch the sky one, but it is a lot harder to do. So we can do these match odds and both teams to score. There are a lot more games. There are a lot more opportunities. Betfred's always boosting one a day and William Hill are and Sky are. Um, the question is, if the actual match odds and BTTS market is artificially high, what are the real odds? And we have worked it out and we've tested it and we've tested it again and we're very, very confident that it stands up. It's pretty much always between the back and the lay in liquid markets when there is no boost. And when there is a boost, the lay is generally higher because of the fact that your arbitrage players are pushing the price up. So we're going to back at those prices on the exchange and we can get unlimited stakes on. Hooray, right? You know, get on for yourself, get on for you and your buddy. And then you've got twice the eyes looking out for them. You know, there's no state restrictions at Smarkets. So why not? You do need the 0%. That certainly helps. But anyone can get the 0%. It's worth an Odds Monkey subscription just to get that alone, right? It's the only thing I use Odds Monkey for. Technically, I'm getting 0% for £8 a month. Um, I shouldn't say that. Don't take it away from me, please. Um, although I'm providing a lot of activity for the layers, so maybe they don't care. Anyway, so we're essentially, we are taking the match odds. Everything comes from the exchange, right? We're taking the match odds. We're taking... Um, both teams to score. You can't just multiply the two, so we're doing a little bit of maths on top of that, and we're coming out with a really reasonable price, and we can use that to trade on markets. Um, also use that to identify the odd um, match odds and BTTS that has no market but looks good. So we've got um, Sky yesterday had Millwall up at 5.5, and we worked it out as 5.1, and they held the price because not many people are doing it, and it came in. Not that that means anything. But when I went to have a look at that, I was expecting... Um, I was expecting just a few pennies, as usual, as you can get on any boost. And it seemed like um, Sky are now allowing me to bet boosts up to... Well, that match odds and both teams to score was up to uh, £400 I could get. And that was on a boost. The enhanced accumulators, and I can get up to £4,000. Requester bets, I can now get up to £25,000. And golfers, I can get up to £4,000. So my Skybet account has been unrestricted, and that's from placing a load of these um, requester bets that we're finding at Sky. Um, And they must have just looked at my account and gone, okay, well, years ago we restricted him, but this is the kind of... he's. We think he's a losing player, so we're going to allow him to get more on. And good on them for doing that as well. It's a sensible marketing strategy uh, or business strategy. If you think that there is a losing player, why have him restricted to pennies? So, um, and since being unrestricted, I've smashed every boost around. And because I can't help myself, there was a tennis double on earlier. (laughs) There's an NFL um, touchdown scorer, which I have to be on. And I'm just going to get myself restricted again really, really quickly, aren't I? But it certainly does seem like so I've been doing two two things at Sky, right? I've been placing um, the requester bets and I've been placing the enhanced accumulators. The enhanced accumulators, they have the match odds and the match odds and BTTS doubles. We track those with the bot as well. Um, there was a Champions League one that came in to 8 to back and 7.4. Would have been fair odds. And uh, it came in as well. Again, said before the break, don't be results orientated. But, I mean, it's just that kind of thing that we wouldn't be finding these um, if we didn't have this alternative algorithm. There's a couple uh, of people who say, 
you know, unless there is full transparency and they understand the equation, they're not going to bet on it. And I fully understand that. Honestly, I fully understand that. It's almost, I wonder what my position would be on the other side of the fence. And it's okay if you don't want to do it, but that doesn't stop us doing it. I mean, if there's no match odds on both teams to score market, then I'm obviously going to use our algorithm and our equation. And then I think I'm just going to link up. I myself, I'm going to link everything to that equation now um, because I think it's more efficient than the layer-heavy special market that they have for it. On the very same lines, and these aren't complicated things to do, we're just not going to be 100% transparent about the equations for how they're done. Uh, we've got win to nil. We've got both teams to score in the first half, and we will soon have a um, clean sheet. And um, the next step is going to be win both halves. I really want that, and score both halves. So just a little tiny bit... Slightly more complicated, those two. Um, why are you not on mute? But we should have them at some point. Um, all of these things will drop in the next year. And it'll just allow us to have a load of tools to identify value when the when the exchanges are completely liquid and not relying on um, top price, which isn't the most efficient way of working things out when you do have liquid exchanges that are directly related um, to the market that we're looking at. So... Um, yeah, some value there. And thank you very much, Skybet, for unrestricting my account. I'm going to... Oh, I can't, it's going to be restricted soon. Because I can't believe in like the 36 hours since it's been unrestricted how many boosts I've... I didn't do the headline Sky football one because you can only get a tenner on that at whatever it is, 5 to 1, 6 to 1, whatever. So I didn't do that one. But I have done a load of other ones. The big yellow boxes with large text, they're just so inviting. How can you not? So much been going on in the poker world recently. Um, what a year for I've had a, I've had a, I've had 2019 off. Children and logistics, everything like that. I just haven't done anything. I'm going to Prague in the three weeks, two weeks, two and a half weeks. I'm going to Prague. I'm going on my own um, to after 30 years of wearing glasses. I'm going to go and have laser eye surgery at the same clinic that my brother-in-law went to because he. He went on about how successful and happy he was with the results there. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm taking the recommendation. Also, get this, this exact surgery that I need for my eyes, I'd never heard of it before. Apparently, it's the waveform kind of um, um, laser eye surgery. Um, that, I did some research, cost £4,000 in the UK. Uh, the place my brother-in-law lives in Prague costs 1600 quid over there. Um, exactly the same level of qualifications, exactly the same treatment, exactly the same equipment, and everything like that, but you've got 2,400 quid extra in your pocket. Also happens to be the European Poker Tour in Prague in early December. Uh, I had a decent run in the main event there a couple of years ago. Um, 5,000 euro buy-in. Um, ran into... A Frenchman's aces. No, I had aces. I ran into his queens. And we both got the money all in pre-flop. And he spiked a queen. Which is just seriously annoying. Because it was for a decent stack. Um, it, was, it, it was a long day that day as well. And I thought I was finally coasting. After that, that guy. I forgot his name. What was his name? It'll come to me in a minute. Um... He went on to for like a third place finish in the main event of the World Series of Poker the following year for like three million dollars. That was my money that he won from his 
stupid queens cracking my aces and sending me home. So it's the European Poker Tour, and it is um, in early December. And I was like, do I go? Do I go? I haven't played all year, which means, you know, I've got none of the skills, but who needs skill for poker? It's all luck, right? Um... I was tempted to, and then I tried to work out the logistics. I was like, I have no idea what laser eye surgery is right. like. I have no idea what laser eye surgery is like. I can't imagine it's the most pleasant thing, having lasers fired into your eyes and burning the, the I don't know any names of anything on my eyes. <laughs> Help throw me a bone. Is this thing on? What's the thing on the front of your eye called? I don't know. Burning your eyes and doing whatever it has to do and scarring the tissue and taking any drugs and then wearing protective contact lenses. And even though they say it's painless, I bet it's a little bit traumatic. I really do. Um, And so I was trying to weigh up the idea of going and having my eyes lasered out and then going and playing poker. I just didn't think it was going to work. I don't know. So that's... So to avoid temptation, I brought the surgery forward by a week so that there's no poker going on there at that time. So uh, no, it's just a year off. It's, it happens with the kids. So I, it's the same reason as the Bashcast um, doesn't happen very much. I sort of choose to spend lots of time with my little children because I love it, right? There'll be a time when they're in school and they're not so young and not so cute and I probably will be doing more Bashcasts and more poker then. In the poker world... If you haven't been following, to the stories. So here, first of all, Mike Postle. Mike Postle is a longtime poker professional. Um, and he has been on the video stream at Stone's Gambling Hall in Sacramento for some time. And he was winning $250,000 over the period of a year playing small to medium stakes poker and that's an insane return in fact when you started to look at his play he never made the wrong decision and i mean never made the wrong decision so if you're gonna have a look at some of the videos i've been playing have a search for joey ingram joey is a chicago um based um poker professional um vlogger twitter social media guy and he poured through hours and hours of these videos and I've watched a few of Joey's videos watching these videos and they are unbelievable they're unbelievable the play that he thought he could get away with um it was a kind of um question of when he had nothing and his players had strong hands but not the strongest so let's say you know top two pair but there was an available flush or a straight and he had nothing he would always put all of his money in the middle or when um he had a really strong hand but his opponents had the nuts he would find a way of checking and then folding having put no money into the pot um he was on god mode he was playing as if he could see the cards of the people on the table and that is exactly what he could do because it's been deduced that through some sleuths on the internet that every time he was in a hand his phone was on his lap and he'd be looking down at his phone staring at essentially the cards that everyone else had and because he's on 
a streamed live table. You have to have RFID um, readers um, on these tables, which the dealer will scan the card over the reader and then deal them out. Uh, and the backroom television staff instantly know what the cards are. And then there's generally a delay before any broadcast is made to protect the integrity of the game. But what you've done there is that you have introduced the fact, the, the, the loophole, um, that somebody else, somebody in the world, knows what all the cards are. And if one person out there knows what all of the cards are and gets his hands on an unscrupulous person, such as Mike Possel, and find some technology, he could be able to send all of the cards for all of the players on the table to the person playing at the table, and that person can trigger God mode. If you have a look um, about at the return on investment from... Mike Possel. It was just he was playing five five. He had thirty sessions at that. He won one hundred and sixteen thousand um, dollars. At one three, twenty two of his twenty three sessions were profitable for eighty two thousand dollars. That's twenty two of his twenty three sessions were possible. Uh, were profitable. Ten of his eleven sessions at one two three with a straddle were profitable. Um, all of his PLO8, all of his PLO, all of his No Limit Hold'em and PLO sessions were profitable. This guy didn't have a losing session. Uh, some clever sleuths on the internet um, plotted his win rate and worked out the standard deviation of how well um, he was playing. And it seemed like the dramatic change of behavior, they could pinpoint it in July the 18th, when he, um, that was last year, 2018, when he decided to play every hand looking down at his phone underneath um, the table, coincided with the dramatic change in results. But there was a online super user, Pot Ripper, who um, had a win rate, um, which was many standard deviations better than the second best player in the world so far that it couldn't have just been luck that made him play that well and Parcels was up there with them why because he's an idiot because he couldn't figure that sometimes you got to lose a little bit of money especially when there's a live stream on in order for nobody to notice and to slip through the net and to continue making money cheating um but he got greedy and he just wanted to win every single time um it's amazing that this ever happened. The story in the investigation is huge and well worth going to see. It was a, it was a lady called um, Veronica 2.0, whose Twitter name is at angry underscore Polak. Go and have a read of that. She was in the commentary booth for the poker games and first suspected it. She raised it, the fact that she thought that she he was cheating. For the first three or four months, she was told to pipe down. She didn't even know what she was talking about. And she was scared to risk her job and her reputation over this. And there was a massive backlash over her until it was picked up by Joey Ingram and he figured out that the guy was actually cheating. And so there's um, um, there's so much content into the investigation. And the videos, the streamed videos where you can actually watch him sort of lean down, 
look at his phone. There's a couple of hands where it obviously hasn't worked and he seems so much more stressed and he loses hands in those occasions. But when he is winning, he's just stealing money off people. And he won't he he won't go to jail, which is a real shame. But the one thing you've got to think is that if you're ever on a streaming table anywhere in the entire world, what are the odds that um, someone's not cheating and knows your cards? They're not zero, right? They're not zero. Uh, I have sat down on a couple of poker games where I've not been 100% convinced that the people playing against me could play that well legitimately. I mean, everyone always thinks that when they're unlucky. But I've seriously thought sometimes, how how have you been able to call with the line that I've taken here? Um, and I just don't think I would be able to trust anyone if I was on a um, if I was on a table with an RFID reader that was being streamed. Second big story out just now, which is just crazy. Like him or loathe him, Daniel Negreanu uh, made a. Um, made an attempt to win Player of the Year at the WSOP this year. Um, it involved having to go to Rosvedov. Um, whilst I talk about this, my buddy's told me to check out what's happening at the Bengals match. I've got to do that quickly. It's Sunday night. Sorry for the... What is happening? So the Miami Dolphins are 0-16 bet. was meant to be about the Miami Dolphins. They won last week. Of course they did. Because the Jets are awful. Um... But we do have one horse left in the 0-16, and, and that is the um, Cincinnati Bengals, who are 42-0 down to the Baltimore Ravens. Wow. You suck. You suck! Maybe the Bengals will bring it home for a 0-16. Can't believe the Dolphins, um, Dolphins won a game. The manager said that... Anyway. So, um, down to Negrano... Um, went over to the WSOP Europe in some God-forgiven place. And he was in a three-way race with Sean Deeb and um, some guy that I hadn't heard of. What was the other guy's name? Robert Campbell. And he needed to get some min caches and just some deep enough runs to collect enough points. And he did do that. And he won Player of the Year. He didn't win any events in the WSOP Europe. He didn't need to. He'd collected enough deep runs and everything like that. And it was what he aimed for. And he played a particular style, which involved a lot of, you know, rebuys. Not quite as $48,000 rebuys he did in one tournament. But a lot of rebuys. And he won it. And he got on the plane and he went home. And as he was on the plane to go home, Player of the Year is a big thing, right? So... When you walk into the Amazon room in the Rio every year for the WSOP main events and all the other events, the first thing that you see is these gigantic photographs of all the previous um, WSOP main event winners and player of the year winners. And a gigantic room, the Amazon, gigantic, freezing, way too cold um, room. And all the f huge photographs of the player of the year everywhere. It's quite an impressive task, uh, feat, to get your picture up there and Negrano played for this went over to Europe um, got won it got on a plane went home when he got home he found out that there had been an investigation and in event number 68 which is some dumb online event he was credited 213.1 points which is roughly the same as what I got for Min Cash in the main event but he got that for having a deep run in the online event. Um, 
Um, and he didn't cash in that event. And so he was awarded uh, points from a data entry error. Can you believe that it's not all automated? For cashing in an online event, the one online event, and the rest of the events are live at the Rio, um, when he didn't. Which means he didn't have those 213 points which means that he didn't sneak into first place by cashing in the last event that he played. And um, he got relegated from first to third. Robert Campbell, who was in second position, got relegated, uh, got promoted to first. So he is happy. The real loser in this is the original third place um, loser, uh, Sean Deep, who had to play a style of aggressive poker to try and finish really high up in the last event that he was playing in, in order to get enough points. Had he known that... Daniel Nagano did not have the correct number of points allocated to him. He could have played a less aggressive style of poker, uh, collected the minimum number of points necessary, and he probably would have won. What an absolute palaver and a mess. Look, we all make data entry errors. Everyone does. Um, I think um, the... There are two things here. The It's criminal to kind of repeatedly make the same mistake and also the bigger that you are and the more the bigger you are and the more important the job the more resource you should be applying to this the fact that somebody is sitting there and typing in everybody's results and their finishing position and then somehow awarding points manually and not uh, having this as an automated system is just ridiculous especially with the amount of income that that the brand like the world series of poker has um Negrano took it quite well. Um, he he tweeted that he's got sort of mistakes happen. Um, it's an unfortunate situation. Life goes on. He's genuinely happy for Robert Campbell. Um, he has no regrets because he went to Rosvidov with a goal and achieved that goal. And there was no way he could have known um, that the goal he had set um, was arbitrarily incorrect, which is a decent way of looking at it, I think. Um he certainly has a lot of haters, Daniel Nagar. I don't think I am one of them um, because he's got a very positive attitude and that alone should be admired, I think. Although I think the reason he probably has a lot of haters is because a lot of people don't like being the positives, which is a bad way to be. I'm going to go ahead in the next week and put some of those positives in play. What is coming up for me? In, I've got some fasting to do. I've got two-day fast I'm going to go on because um, I can't go to the gym as much as I want to. Money, money, children, money, money. And I'm eating too much junk and December's just around the corner. So I'm going to do, I reckon, four fast days in the next six. With two, two eating, sorry, two fast, two eating, two fast. So that's going to be fun. And um, probably do that right through to the end of no November because there won't be any alcohol either because there's no point in fasting and eating fewer calories and those calories being good if I'm stuffing my face full of alcohol and then by the time 1st of December comes around I'm going to be fittest I ever have in my entire life and then I'm just going to be drinking Baileys from a straw for breakfast for the entirety of December. What is coming up next week more importantly 
in the sports world? And the answer kind of is Denada. Not a lot going on the footy. Uh, uh, we've just got, well, listen to this. We've got Harrogate Town versus Portsmouth tomorrow night. And on Tuesday, it's the EFL Trophy. Mind you, said in the past, sometimes these things really, they, they throw up some value occasionally. Like tonight, the value was on... We couldn't find very much on the Liverpool-Manchester City match, and then we found loads on Genoa-Roma because the world and his wife is focusing on that um, uh, on that Liverpool-Man City match. It's like the Grand National. They don't have to offer value when everybody's, all the mugs are betting mug money on it anyway. But then you, you go over even just to the Syria ad and you find things. On Wednesday, we've got the Copa del Rey and the EFL Trophy. So it's going to be one of those weeks. It's going to be one of those weeks with some some random lower league cup matches going on, which uh, is exciting enough, I reckon. Um, gonna keep on looking at these um, match odds and both teams to score both in online. So mugging the value at Skybet where there is no lay mark. I don't know if that extends your account any further uh, or not when you're mugging when there isn't a lay when it's boosted. Smarkets, when something's boosted and we can get a lot of money down in Smarkets and we live without fear of being limited. I do live in fear of the source of wealth request coming for them, but not of being limited. Um, and also looking at the coupons at William Hill um, and Betfred, which I need to work on the, the presentation of. You see, when we're looking at the markets on the exchange, right, they're often very gappy, especially in secondary and tertiary leagues. In fact, they're only not gappy, and we're talking about match odds, BTTS specifically, and then a few other markets, right? Match odds can be quite liquid, but the others not so, especially when it's not the Premiership or the Champions League. And this week coming up will be a prime example of that. Um and so when we work out the value, we deliberately take the, a pessimistic value, which is generally the available lay price. And in a gappy market, the available lay price is a very, very pessimistic price. Uh, especially when it's like, you know, 1.5 to back and 2.8 to lay. Well, 2.8 is nowhere near a fair price. But over a number of games, we then look at those on the coupons tracker. If you ever look at it, you will go, well, it's never 100% EV. Well, of course it isn't, because the exchanges are gappy. But if there's enough liquidity and enough teams, I would bet some money that those teams at the top of the tracker are indicative of value. Maybe not all the time, but listen, if you're betting on seven teams in travels, how many of them do you need to be plus EV? Five? Six. You don't need all seven, that's for sure. Uh, until I can work out a way of presenting that information better, it's very difficult to get the value across that's on there, and I do think perhaps it's just me betting on them. But we have definitely... We're, de we're already in profit. Not a lot, but... Every coupon with six or seven teams has enough winners that it's sort of breaking even a little bit. Um, and it's this kind of thing, especially coming up to kickoff, that we then have the combined effect that we're betting on match odds and BTTS, highlighting value when there isn't that specific market, so it's not um, smashed by the others. And also we get to bet on steamers, it's a double effect. 
Um, so we've got two things going on there. It's definitely something to look out for the future. Whatever it is that you're betting on, do make sure it's value. This is Tom, signing out. Did the earth move fire? Did the earth move fire? Did the earth move fire?